Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. Again, I can't thank you enough for joining us this morning. Uh, We have a really exciting day planned. We're continuing our collection, What's Next? And um, and it's been an amazing time where we've we've talked about taking our next steps. And so before we get into too much of the message, I do want to talk about something that's coming up next weekend. We have baptisms next weekend, May 26th, and we would love for you to consider being a part uh, of baptisms. And and maybe you're in here and you grow, grew up in a culture similar to mine where you were baptized when you were a baby and that was it. Like that was it. Like you're, just, you're, you're good for the rest of your life. When actually biblically a baptism, it's it's a, a conscious decision that you're making. It's a an outward sign of an inward change in your life. And so maybe you're in here and you've given your life to Jesus over the last few few weeks, or maybe you've not been baptized since you've given your life to Jesus, well, we would encourage you to make that next step in your walk with God. Or maybe you're not looking to get baptized, but you'd love just to join the celebration. It truly is a celebration. We're celebrating those who are going public with their faith. And so we'd love for you to join us um, next week, May 26th. Uh, you can sign up online at sozo.co slash baptisms if you you're interested, we'll have all the things that you need. Um, So we would love, like I said, we'd love to see you there, and that's coming up. Um, But as we get into our collection, uh, what's next, um, today, what I'm really excited about is is, is we're going over a topic that I'm honestly super passionate about. And if you've not been here for any of this collection, for what's next, um, really what it is, it's, it's based off a book written by our pastor's pastor, and he is a phenomenal man of God, Pastor Chris Hodges, um, who oversees Church of the Highlands. And um, what it is, it's, it's all about what is next in our relationship with God. When you've made a decision to follow Jesus, or maybe you've not even made that decision yet, I think sometimes what can happen is you can feel a little frustrated because you make that decision, you're like, all right, I'm here. And, and, then, and then what? Where do we go from there? Where do we take our next step in order to live a fulfilled life with Jesus? And that's what this collection and what this book is all about. And maybe you're here and you've given your life to Christ over the last few weeks. Well, I would love for you to stop by the Next Steps booth, which is out in the hall to your right after service. We'd love to give you one of these copies, our gift to you, just to help you on your spiritual journey. Or maybe you have been a part of the growth track and you plan to be a part of the growth track over the next few weeks. And so for the entire month of May and throughout this collection, anybody who completes the growth track uh, will get a copy of that book as well. Again, just our gift to you of saying, hey, we're here in this with you. And today is actually step one of our growth track. Our growth track is is comprised of two classes. And the first one, which is today, is learning more about Sozo and what we believe and, and how we can connect. And then the second one is learning about you and your makeup and your design. And it's an amazing time, both classes, because you see the kind of the, those aha moments of people. They're like, oh, now I understand why you do this or why I am the way that I am. And so we would love for you to join us in the library uh, after service for um, step one of the growth track if, if you've not completed that yet. And we've had a theme verse for this whole collection, and it's this. It's, uh, if people can't see, it's Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. If you can't see, you stumble. Pretty basic, I guess, uh, application there. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most 
blessed. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. In other words, we're all on a path, right? We're all on a path regarding our spiritual journey and, and where we're going with God. But if we can't see what the next step is, if we can't see the path that's clearly marked by God, we end up stumbling all over ourselves. And, and we may get frustrated. We may get stuck. And it could be a frustrating journey in figuring out What's next for my life? What's next in my relationship with God? And it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe if you've just recently moved or maybe you're like me and you've been in the same place for a little while, but you get up in the middle of the night and you go to get a drink of water or use the restroom and for some reason there's a prideful portion of you that even though there's no one else in that room, you're not turning on that light. You're like, I'm just going to do this in the dark. You know? And you're like, you're using the walls and you're kicking stuff and you're stubbing your toe that's frustrating. But if you were to just turn on the light, would you, if you just flick the switch, then you'd be able to see everything in front of you so you wouldn't stumble. You wouldn't trip up and you'd be able to attend to the thing that you're looking to do. Well, our hope and our prayer is that through this collection that God will turn on the proverbial switch in your life, that you will start to see the thing, see his path that has been marked out for you so that you can make your next step in your journey with God. And, and it's all over the Bible. The Bible is full of places and, 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 and ways that people communicate what our steps are when it comes to having a relationship with Jesus and, and how we've comprised them and we've said them here. And this is our vision as a church uh, is these four things. As a church, our vision is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Right? Our, our vision as a church is to see every person. I love that. It's every person, not only certain groups of people or certain types or whatever. It's every person. We want to see you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And, and as a human and, and being a part of Sozo Church and as a church as a whole, our deepest, our deepest desire is to be like a, a, a spiritual tour guide in your walk with God to help you see what your next step is so that you can get to where God has called you to go. And so today, what we're going to be diving really deep into is that third step. It's discovering my purpose. Discovering my purpose. That's the topic for today. Let's pray really quickly and we'll get right into the message, all right? Jesus, thank you so much for today, God. I thank you for every single person in this room and those who are joining us online right now. Father God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts, that you would open up something to them that they maybe have never seen before, that you would help us go through this journey with you, Father God, in a way that we can see you in every step. God, that you would turn on the switch for us today and help us discover the purpose that you put before us. God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Discovering my purpose. That, that's a big one, right? Like, that's a big topic. Every year we do a couple of different surveys, and it's not just here at Sozo, but it's churches all across America. We do a survey to find out what you all want to hear about as a church. What are the topics and the things that you would like to discuss? And every time that we do that survey, it's at least the top two or three is what, what's my purpose? What is my, what's my calling, as some people may say? And, and what's amazing is that it's not just for us at Sozo Church. If we were to pull churches across America and even all over the world, it's always at least in the top five of, of what is my purpose? What's, what, what, what am I here on this earth for? That's a big question that many of us have. I'm sure we've asked that before. Why, why on earth am I here? What am I called to do? And like I said, you may, other peop, you may hear other people say it as a calling, People ask, what is my calling or what has God called me to do? And throughout the Bible, you see God calling people to do amazing things through his power. And so you read the Bible and you're like, but what is that for me? How, does, how do I contextualize that 
in my life, in today's culture, in, in the way that, that I work, in today's, uh, I, not, not, not just culture as far as the church goes, but culture in our world, culture in our workplace, how do I contextualize those things for myself? And as we started to really dig and unpack the idea of calling, we can kind of narrow down purpose into three different segments. And there are some subcategories of, of these, but I think if, if we're going to look for like the, the big ones, where there's three callings that we have in our life that we have to attend to. And the first one is this, is my Christian calling. My Christian calling. And I think that, um, not to oversimplify this, because... I, I never want to uh, put down one calling over another because the reality is that they're all equally as important. They're all incredibly important for us to uphold and understand. However, I do believe that people can sometimes confuse their Christian calling and, and put a lot of extra pressure and stress on that as far as what you're called to do as a Christian. We think that our Christian calling is related to what we do. Oh, as a Christian, am I called to be a missionary? Am I called to be a pastor? Am I called to not be in the church at all? I don't really know. I don't know where to go with that. But the reality is this is that a Christian calling is actually universal. And, and as we were diving deep into the Bible and, and figuring out how we could, could sum that up, really simply, my Christian calling is this, is to know God, to make God known, and to become like Jesus. That's it. I, I say that's it. Like, okay, we're done. No, that's, I mean, it's, it's very complicated. However, if we were to really look at as followers of Christ, it's a universal calling for everybody who calls themselves a Christian, for, that you may know God, you can make him known, and you just you become more like Jesus. And so I hope that that kind of takes a bit of stress out of the whole idea of being a Christian, of like, what does that look like? Maybe you're in here and, and you've not signed up for that yet, or you're like, I don't know if, what I would call myself. Simply put, what a Christian calling is and what we do as Christians is we make sure that we know God, we make God known, and we become more like Jesus. It's a great way to benchmark your life as you grow. Am I, am I, am I knowing God? Am I having a deep, intimate relationship with God? Am I making him known? And making him known doesn't mean like you're wearing creepy Christian t-shirts. It's just, am I living a life that is glorifying him in everything that I do? Is the way that I speak, act, talk about myself, talk about other people. I say myself because I think that sometimes we're like, treat other people nicely, but then you don't treat yourself with the same respect. Am I treating other people with the respect that God has called me to treat other people with? Am I viewing people as loved individuals, that the way that God sees them, no matter what they look like, no matter what they sound like, no matter what they believe, do I view people from the same lens that God views them? Am I becoming, am I becoming more like Jesus? That's, as, a, as a Christian, that's what we're called to do. So that's the first category of calling. And the second will be this, is my career calling. My career calling calling. And this one is, this one's big, especially in the Bay Area, because we have so many things that are always available to us. When it comes to a career, like you could, you can now be like a professional butterfly tamer at this rate. Like you can find something that, that you are really passionate about and do it. And it's amazing. It's amazing the doors that are open because of the world that we live in today. But there is this incredible pressure as a person is, am I doing what I'm called to do in my career? And we ask that very often, am, am I being fulfilled from what I'm doing in my career? Is it really making a difference? Am, am I doing what God has put, put before me? And, and the reality about a career calling is this, is unlike a Christian calling, which is universal, a career calling is individual. I can't make the decision for you, and our career might not look the same. And Your career calling is fully your, your game. It's your thing. And with that, it's also your decision. 
I think that sometimes, if I'm being really honest, um, I think sometimes people put a lot of extra pressure on, on whether or not we feel like God has placed us in a specific spot for our career. But the reality is, is that we have the, we have the ability to make those decisions and where we go is when it comes to our career. God doesn't decide that for us. We do. And God can play a very substantial part in that, and you can bring him along the journey but he does not decide that for you. I could decide today that I'm, I'm just not going to work ever again, and that would be my, my career decision. God did not decide that for me. That is me making it an effort and an active decision in myself. And so that's why I think there's a lot of pressure behind it, because we kind of know that we can't blame that on anybody else, that we need to be, be able to answer to that and, and be able to uphold that. But if I want to kind of synthesize that and make it a little more simple, what your career calling is this, and, and again, I hope that this relieves some stress out of those who are maybe questioning, you know, where am I or am I doing the right thing? Your career calling looks like this. Really what your career calling should be is to you, be uniquely used by God in the world to make a difference. That's what your career calling is, to be uniquely used by God in the world to make a difference. And I say that because maybe some of you in here right now, you're in a career you're not really excited about. But let me just tell you this. I promise you, if you just allow God to make a difference with you in the world through that career, watch how your heart will change. That's where, the, that's where God comes into play. When you say, God, this is the path that I've chosen, at least for the time being. Can you use me to make a difference in my circle? Can you use me to make a difference in my community? That's when it's so important. So I, th I think um, uh, the, uh, a myth that there is around Sozo Church is that a lot of us work for the church. I don't work for the church. I, I have a job, a very intensive job outside of that. I, I work in the creative marketing department at Lyft, and it's, it's, an, it's an amazing job. I, I love what I do, but really what I love the most about it is I feel that God has positioned me there to make a difference in my workplace. And it doesn't mean that I, I'm like throwing invites on everyone's desk and creeping people out. It's, I've had people say, hey, you just seem a little bit different. What is it about you? And that's when I can answer. I say, you know what? I'm a part of this really great church, this really great family of people, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. That's what our, that's what our career calling is. It's to be uniquely used by God in the world to make a difference. It's a second calling. So my, my church, my, I'm sorry, my Christian calling, my career calling, and the last calling is this is my church calling. My church calling. Now, I, I don't want you to get uncomfortable here because I can, I can already feel it. I can feel people, oh gosh, here we go. He's going to try to sell me on serving in the church. That's not what today's about. Today is not, I'm not selling you on anything. Because here's the a, here's a reality is as Sozo Church and me as a, as a person, I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. And so today, we're not going to sell you on anything or try to uh, promote something in a certain way so you'd sign a dotted line. That's not what we're doing at all. We're going to be talking about how we can make a difference in every aspect of our life through the local church and why the Bible says it's important. All these things we're talking about today, they're not my thoughts. These are things that are written out and clearly laid out in the Bible. And our church calling, it, it's almost like a, like a three-circle Venn diagram where they're, they're all very important. They're all the same size, my, my Christian calling, my career calling, and my church calling. But the reality is, is when they all come together and they, they work in harmony, that, the center of that circle is where we're actually living out God's full potential for our life. And so what is my church calling? How, how do I describe that? My church calling is this, is to be uniquely used by God in the church to make a difference. So similar to the career calling, but a little bit different. To be uniquely used by God in the church 
to make a difference. And I think that we need to come to this with a general understanding that um, I feel like is a, a misconception for many is that uh, the church isn't a place. It's not a building. That's not what the church is. We need to not think of the church as, as a, a place or a program, but the church is actually a group of people. Church comes from a Greek word. It's, I'm going to, I'm totally going to butcher this. It's ecclesia, I think. I may be saying that wrong, but it's there. Uh, And that Greek word, what that really means actually is an assembly of people. That word was actually used, um, it's the principal assembly of of the democracy in ancient Athens. So it was, what it was, was it was a popular assembly open to all male citizens as soon as they qualified for citizenship. It was an assembly of people. That's what that, that original word church meant. But what Jesus did was he hijacked the political language. And he says, I'm building a new kind of church. I'm building a new kind of group of people. Not just men. I'm going to build people who are going to gather together and come and, and out of the world system to kind of view the world in a different lens. We're going to come together um, and, and work with one another. And it's not anything that's institutionalized or political or anything like that. The church that Jesus talks about is fully relational. It's fully relational. And I think that that's where we can get a lot of things confused, is that the church is meant to be a place that's like a family. That's why the Bible describes a church as a family to help with that relational mindset, understanding what the church truly is. It's meant to be a family, a group, a fellowship of people coming together for the thing that, that God has, has set out before us, for the bride of Christ. The church is really important to God. The church is super important to God. And so when we have this understanding of how important the church is and what it truly is, it's not a building or a place, but it's a relationship, we can steward that relationship a lot better. We cannot view the church as a place or a program, but it's fully relational. And as we were talking about our Christian calling, it's universal to every Christian. Our career calling, it's unique to every individual believer, but what's so amazing about our church calling is it's, it's a, a beautiful combination of both. It's both universal, meaning all believers share that purpose, that we're, we're, we're all here to build the church in some regard, but it's also unique because the way that we each can contribute to the church is very, very different, and that's where this becomes something that can be very confusing. As we try to walk through our spiritual journey, we don't know our place because we cannot kind of reconcile that of, wait, this is universal, but it's unique. And so how do I build, put those things together in order to be the most effective I can be within the local church? And that's what we're going to focus on today is discovering our purpose within the local church. Because, and, and this is never to uh, give you any type of pressure or, or stress you out. This is so... The, what, the point I'm trying to make, this point I'm about to make is so that we carry a weight about this is that one day we will all stand before God and answer actually for all three of those callings. God's going to say, hey, what'd you do with my son? What'd you do with the relationship that you had with Jesus? What did you do with the time that I gave you? What'd you do with the career and the path that you, you decided? And, and not only that, but what did you do with my bride? How did you steward that relationship with something that God holds so dearly to his heart? And one day we're going to have to answer those things. And it's not to stress you out or freak you out, but it is to put a weight on you. The same way when I get a project at work, it doesn't stress me out. I just have to understand the weight of that project and the impact that it has so that I can effectively steward that thing moving forward. And in the same way, we need to understand the weight that God puts behind the church. God actually puts a heavy weight behind the church. 
And so the first proposition, the first point that I want to make to you guys, it may seem basic, but I, what I want to do is, is take an opportunity to kind of level the playing field. And you're like, okay, we're going to talk about serving in the church, but you know, why is this important? Where, where are we going? And so just to, to make sure that we, that we level the playing field, we all have a, a similar or at least a consistent understanding, is the first point I'm going to make for you guys is this, is serving is the calling for every follower of Jesus. That, that's That's... That's true. Serving is the calling for every follower of Jesus. We have a deep conviction here at Sozo Church that saved people serve people. That once you are saved, you don't just get saved to consume, you save to serve. You're saved to serve other people. You're saved to see other people become saved and to have a relationship with Jesus and open those things up. We, we also say around here one of our cultural phrases that serving is our calling because it is. But I want to be specific here. Serving is very, very important everywhere, right? Like, it's important that we serve and we're a part of our community. It really is. I believe that God has placed us in the most beautiful place on earth, the Bay Area, and it's important that we serve and we give back to our community. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that to other local nonprofits and other organizations that are helping with social injustices and things of that nature. However, that is very different from also serving in the church. God has actually called us to do both, to serve our communities, but also serve the the church that he's planted us within that community. And so it's so important that we understand that, that serving is the calling for every follower of Jesus. I think about when Jesus was washing his disciples' feet. And I'm not going to go through that whole story because I know that we've recently talked about it. However, it's a beautiful picture, an example of what Jesus, the way that Jesus puts on serving one another within a church context, because Jesus and his disciples, that was like his, his mini church, right? It was his group of people, his family that he was doing life with. And what he does is he gets down on his knee and he washes all of their feet. And then what he goes on to say in, um, in John 13, 12, verses 12 through 17 is where the story is. I'm just going to read this small part. It says, I speak to you a timeless truth. I love how he makes sure he, it's timeless. This, this wasn't a truth just for their day. This is the truth for today. This is the truth for right now. A servant is not superior to his master, and an apostle is never greater than the one who sent him. So now put into practice what I have done for you, and you will experience a life of happiness enriched with untold blessings. See, there is, there is a life of happiness enriched with untold blessings inside of the example that Jesus just set. Which is amazing. Jesus is saying, his, my calling is for you to serve one another. My calling is to, for, for you to serve each other. You're not greater than me, and, and we're going to do this thing together. I'm going to lead you in the way and what that looks like. And that's what this whole thing is about. It's, it's more than just basins and, and water and towels and feet and all that kind of This whole story is not about that. It's about the example that Jesus sets about serving each other when it comes to the context of your family and your community. And our family here is Sozo Church. It's so important that we understand that. Jesus is teaching them that serving each other is a selfless act. And he wants us to leverage all the resources, the gifts, the talents, the abilities that we have to make one another better, stronger, more healthy, help, help each other find freedom. That's what we do together when we serve alongside one another within the church. It's so important that we recognize that. Jesus is, is saying to his, his followers, you, you can't just think that your calling is just to go outside of the world and, 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 and reach other people. No, you need to also, in the meantime, reach each other, to serve a, a, alongside one another, to help each other out, to show that the example you're going to try to set to the rest of the world is the one that you live. 
I think that that's so important for Christians, I, I, especially because I know for many, many years, Christians have gotten this really bad rap that we're one way at church and another outside of the church. And I think that, I don't think it's just a bad rap. I think it is a reality. I think that as Sozo Church, we could do uh, the Bay Area a world of, uh, of good if we would just be the same person every single day in and outside of church and not only just serve outside of church, but serve each other in the church and vice versa. It's so important that we get a, a, a very good grasp on that. That it's about the example that we set. In Matthew 20, 25 to 28, it says this. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, Kings and those with great authority in the world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. I love that. Oh, that's so good. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and gave his life in exchange for the salvation of many. It's so important that we live out that example as a church. That's really when we're activating as a church, is when we're living out the example of Jesus in the way that we serve, not just externally, but internally, and vice versa. It's simple application when it comes to this point. As followers of Jesus, we must accept that our calling is not simply to be committed Christians, but contributing members of the spiritual family. I'm going to read it again. As followers of Jesus, we must accept that our calling is not simply to be committed Christians, but contributing members of a spiritual family. That is so important in our walk with God. And, and so why is serving the calling of every Christian? Christian? You know, you're like, okay, that, that, I guess that makes sense biblically, but what does this do? What's the impact of that? Which leads me to the next point, which is this, is serving is a vital part of the health and the growth of the church. Serving is a vital part of the health and growth of the church. We see it all throughout the New Testament. Writers take a considerable amount of time uh, encouraging instruction and instructing members of the church family to become contributors, making a difference with the life that they have. In Ephesians 4, 7, I'm going to read it for you guys. It says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift of the generosity of Christ. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, and so on. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. That's why we're doing this collection. We want to equip God's people to do his work. And build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until the, uh, we all come to such a unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full, complete standard of Christ. Then, we'll be, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching, which will, um, sorry, which will not be influenced when people try to trick us with the lies so clever they sound like truth. I feel like that's a, a lot of what we're living in today, lies that are so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Turn to someone and say perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. It's so important. Serving in the church supports the growth and the health of every believer, of the church. It's just, it's 
It's so important that we do that. I think about my body as a whole. I have, I actually, I have an issue with my ankle. And so whenever my ankle starts to flare up or I feel like it, it's, I, it's kind of sore and achy, what I'll do is I'll notice that when, when that part of the body is not doing its part, my knee will have to kind of take some of the extra load. And, and, and so I'll start to walk weird and I'll do like this weird thing when I ride my bike and I'll like swing my leg and it doesn't really make sense. But then once that happens enough, then my lower back starts to hurt and now I'm doing it all like this and I just start to look really strange and really awkward. But the, the, the reality of that is because one part of the body is not doing its job, the other parts of the body have to work extra hard. And my question to you is, is where, where are you in the body of Christ and are you doing the work that God has called you to do? Are you actually being a contributing member of God's house or are you relying on the other parts of the body to kind of contort and do weird things in order for you to sit and, 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 and enjoy uh, everything that, that God has for you without actually being a contributor into the house of God? It's so important that we understand that. That, it's, that we need to realize that serving promotes growth and health because when we don't serve, it actually perpetuates unhealth. It's not even just like, oh, if we serve, it's healthy. No, but if we, if we don't all serve as a body, it actually is, is unhealthy. It's so important we recognize that, which leads me to the last point is this, is that serving is how you find your unique place inside of the spiritual family. Serving is how you find your unique place inside of our spiritual family. See, talking about kind of the different body parts and how they work and interact with one another, um, that kind of sets the reality that, that the church needs you to, to fulfill what God has called the church to be, but you also need the church to help you fulfill all that God has called you to be. And when you start to serve within the local body, when you start to serve within the church or a church, I'm not saying it has to be Sozo Church, just church as a whole, you will start to recognize that you have a unique place in that body that was just meant for you. That God has equipped you and gifted you with gifts and talents and abilities you may have never recognized before. It's so important. We, we, we truly believe here at Sozo that there is a perfect fit for you in the body of Christ, in the church. There's a perfect fit. And we also believe that when you find that fit, you start to flourish like never before. You start to see things the way you've never seen them before. You start to do things uh, uh, the way you've never done them before because that's what the church does. The church helps us recognize that. You'll feel more connected than ever. You'll feel more alive than ever. I think about all the friends that I have. Oh, not all the friends, many of the friends that I have. You're like, well, no, I'm not, I don't have like thousands of friends, like all these friends that I have. But many of the friends that I have, I've met and made a, a close bond with, not because we talked about random stuff, but because we, we built something together. We came together. We said, hey, we're going to serve alongside one another. I think some of the best people that I've met and the people that have helped me grow as a human and, and realize my, my, my flaws and realize the things that I do well within are all people that I've met within the church because when you serve with one another, when you work together, when you find your perfect fit, it, it works to make this big, beautiful picture that we would never see before. See, how I view the church is, is, is almost kind of like a puzzle. And I have this puzzle. I'm afraid to, like, try to hold it up because I just, I know that it's on sticky paper, but, man, I could just see this going south. Okay, this is a puzzle. You see it. All right, cool. Um, but I think of the church like a puzzle, right? And, and, and every, every piece, it has a, a special place where it has to fit. And you need every piece in order to get the big picture, right? Like, without this piece, the puzzle is incomplete. 
the, the, the picture is not fully there. And in the same way within the church, without your contribution, there's something missing. There's a unique spot for you that we, we, we desire for you to fit within, not because it completes our picture, but it, because it completes the picture that God has set before us before we were ever even born or thought of, that God had a vision for the church, and you're a part of that vision. God has called you to be a part of the church, to, to find your special place. And when you do that, you'll come to church, and you won't just come to church as, as a, a consumer, but as a contributor. You'll feel like, I need to get to church because there are people that are lost, that are, are, are in bondage, that are in chains, that without me, I, they might never have someone to talk to them. So I'm going to show up at church, and I'm going to make a difference with the life that, that, that God has given me. I have found my perfect spot. I fit in this body. I fit in this house, and I'm going to do something with it. In Ephesians 4, 16, I'm going to just pull that last part. It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, not only, I, I guess, I, I love that scripture because it shows us not only is our piece of the puzzle important to us and important to the church, but it's also important to all the other pieces around us. Think about putting together a puzzle. When you, when you have all these pieces and you're trying to figure out where they all go, there are some pieces that might not be able to be used until others are in play. There are some pieces that you might need to put to the side until you have some other things figured out. You have some other people put in the right spot and the church is the same way. You might be the catalyst of not just you changing something or you doing something with your life, but more and more people growing and growing and being a part of the body of Christ and seeing their full potential in God. It's so important that we recognize the weight of that. And here's the deal is I know that some of us, we've been, we've been hurt by a church or the church before. And that's where the church is, is difficult. Because here we have this, this thing of, uh, you know, this group of imperfect people trying to serve a perfect God. And so no kidding, there's going to be some mess ups along the way. There's going to be some mistakes that are made. And if, if you have a story similar to mine, I apologize that you've been hurt by a church or what you feel is the church, but I promise you, here at Sozo, what I love about our pastors is that we, he, Pastor Jason is the first one to say, you know what, ah, man, maybe we should have done that a little bit differently. That the hurt or the offense is never intentional, but it's, we're just, we're figuring ourselves out along the way. Think about a puzzle. You don't look at the piece and say, oh, that one goes there, that one. You have to kind of work things out. Sometimes you need to flip things around, get a new perspective, try something out. There's a piece that looks like it'll fit, uh, but it's a little weird on the one side. So you have to move it back and try to use it later. And in the same way, uh, how you would never, if, if you, know, you go to put a piece down you wouldn't, and it doesn't fit, you wouldn't throw it out. No, you'd put it to the side or you would try again later. Maybe you've been in here and you're that piece of the puzzle that didn't fit the first time. My encouragement to you, just, just why don't you try just maybe a different spot? Maybe that wasn't your perfect place. You're like, Nate, it looked like it was. Yeah, when you have a puzzle of trees, everything looks like a bush and you're like, I don't know where to put this. It looked like it was gonna work. But maybe it just was a little off. Maybe it wasn't the right angle. Maybe it wasn't the right space. And so when we make the decision to wholeheartedly try again to say, you know what, I know that even though the church is filled with imperfect people, I'm imperfect myself, but we're going to work together and do our best to serve the only thing that is perfect, and that is Jesus Christ. It's so important that we understand that. There is a perfect fit for you. And I know that as we close, the enemy, he'll do all sorts of things 
to make you feel like you don't fit. He's just, he's good at that, right? He says, you're too old or you're too young or you're too, you're not outgoing enough or you're too outgoing, like dial it back. You know what I'm saying? Like he'll tell you all these things about your life that make you feel like you don't have a fit. Let me be the, let me, I just wanna affirm something. You have a fit here. There is a perfect place for you. And if you would just take the first step and try it, if you would just say, I'm gonna just try one week and I'm gonna try one outreach. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna give it a go. I promise that we will do all that we can in our power to help you fit and mold to the perfect spot that God has for you in this house. The enemy will make you feel like, like you're inadequate, you're too different, you're too screwed up. But let me just tell you, as a fellow misfit, someone who grew up, I, I, was, I was a misfit, man. But God had a perfect place for me in this house. And not just this house, but the church as a, as, as a whole. Man, it's not just about one church, it's about the church. Because when all the churches come together, like it said in that first verse, we, or that first scripture we read, when we all come together in unity, that's actually when everything works well. Man, I, I would just, I would just, propose to you that you just give the church another another try. Don't give up just because you haven't found your place yet. Sometimes it takes work both ways. I think about my marriage. If if, if I stopped putting in the effort, well then yeah, my, my marriage would, would falter. And even though my wife is nearly perfect, there would still be things that I need to do in order to fit and mold and, and, and try a little bit different. Try something different. Be a part of this amazing community, this amazing body uh, that, that, that we're building. And as the, the rest of the, the team comes up, and um, if, you, if you wouldn't mind, just, just gonna take a time to respond. Just cl- close your eyes and, and bow your heads for a moment. I just wanna take just a few minutes here as, as we, we go into a response time. As we close here, I, I just, I think it would be, um, Inconsistent to try to tell you to do one thing that maybe I didn't do myself or maybe not tell you my story, but really simply put, for the sake of time, it was implanting my life into the local church, becoming a contributing member of the spiritual family that God had set me in, that I discovered my life's purpose. And there are so many things out there to help you figure out the way you're made up and all that kind of stuff and classes and all that, which is we're all amazing. But when you actually plant yourself somewhere, then you'll start to see God again in that, in that big picture of those three circles in the Venn diagram. It all comes together and in the middle is where you find your full potential. Because it was in serving God's purpose for the church that I discovered God's purpose for my life. Thanks for listening. Join us each week here on the podcast or live in San Francisco. Keep up with life at Sozo by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day.